0: to this episode of Catchy Knowledge, where we want more than just fishing knowledge, we want catching knowledge. Today's episode is with a very experienced fisherman named Gary Abrahamson. He lives up in northern Minnesota on Swan Lake in Itasca County. I've never met Gary but some family friends, Armand and Karen Hot told me about Gary. Gary is one of the nicest guys I've talked to and loves to share his love of fishing with others. He's also the first guy I've talked to about uses cane poles, which are basically a bamboo stick with some line tied on end. I think you'll enjoy learning from Gary. Today I'd like to welcome Mr. Gary Abrahamson to this episode of Catching Knowledge. Gary has a bed and breakfast with a twist to it. He takes his guest fishing. I'm excited to hear about that. Welcome, Gary.
1: I'm very happy to be here.
0: Let's get started. How and where did you start fishing?
1: I don't know. (laughs) I've been doing it for so long. I think I started going down to the lake when I was about six or seven with a ball of string with a hook on it and some worms bringing panfish home like the bucket full. And my dad had one motto, you caught them, you clean them.
0: My dad has the same motto.
1: <laughs>
0: Have you always lived in Minnesota? Yep. What part of Minnesota is it in?
1: I'm up on the, what they call the Iron Range. It's where they mine for iron ore. So
0: would that be northern Minnesota?
1: Yeah, it's about 170-some miles north of Minneapolis.
0: How far from Canada?
1: About 150 miles from Canada.
0: Can you tell us about your bed and breakfast and how you take your guests fishing?
1: Well, my bed and breakfast was an evolved thing, number one. I just invited pastors and stuff over, and they would invite other pastors. Then one pastor came up from Wisconsin, and he brought three of his sons, and they had not been together in eight to ten years. And he had his wife with him. Me and the wife were sitting downstairs looking outside and I had a boat parked in the yard and the four guys, the father and the three sons were leaning against it and talking. The mother said, Gary, why do you do all this for nothing? And I said, Zelda, look out there. Those guys have never been together for eight to 10 years. That's why I do it. And then I start to find out that these pastors don't have the money to do a lot of this. And I found out that if they were to do it, they would have to rent a cabin, which could be maybe five to six hundred dollars a week, and they'd have to get a guide, which is about five hundred bucks for a day. Most pastors can't afford it. I got everything, and I just give it to them. Let them use it. God so did you, it, so I I just pass it on. So you don't
0: get paid?
1: Nope. God pays me.
0: That's amazing. What was it like starting your bed and catch?
1: Well, that's about what it was. It was just meeting a lot of nice people, and a lot of people like to fish. They would bring their kids up here, and I got them started fishing, and their kids come back then. I get sometimes three generations. I didn't start out with the cabin. We got a house here with three bedrooms and an office, you might say, and a big upstairs with two big couches on it and a lot of open space so people would come in and flop wherever they could you know. Then my kids my daughter and son-in-law remodeled the sauna down there into a bunkhouse and then people would bring campers and buses in here. I'd have up to a dozen tents in the yard with people just enjoying life and they just take care of themselves out there by the lake and they got everything for them to do it with so.
0: What should people expect when they go to your bed and catch?
1: I hope that they can come here and be themselves, because I'm not highfalutin about nothing. I'm a basic guy. God has given me all this stuff to give away, so that's where it's at. And I'll put this in there. I got a beautiful, beautiful wife that takes care of a lot of things. And she's been with me for 55 years plus.
0: Did you have a job before this?
1: Yes, I had many different jobs. I've worked in the mines. I've been in construction and lot of other things and my last job was I was a rural mail carrier before I retired
0: nice Do you ever get shut out when you take your guests out?
1: Yes, they do. I had a guy from Cambodia, and we went out. We only caught one fish that day. I caught it. We come in, and I didn't even fix that one for him. I just fixed it up and sent it back with him to Minneapolis, where his mother is. Anyway, we sat there. I fixed up some brats, and we sat and had a beer. He was watching television, and he said, that's what I dreamed about when I was over in Cambodia. He said, I am hoping to get home. And have a beer and a brat and watch some TV. <laughs> it was kind of ironic.
0: It was perfect. <laughs> What's your favorite part of fishing?
1: I don't have any favorite parts, to be honest with you, Mike. I just like being on the water. And I guess the best part is taking a kid out that hasn't fished before, and even an adult that has never fished before, seeing their expressions on their face when they catch a big northern. When they get it in, And then I clean it up for them and cook it up for them and and the enjoyment they get out of it.
0: I hear you have a special recipe. Can you give us any hints?
1: Uh, You have to come and eat it. I don't give it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've noticed with all these interviews, the people from Minnesota call them Norburns. As for me, I call them Pike. And so do a lot of people in Nebraska.
1: Yeah, I get people from Nebraska all the time up here. (laughs) I got a pastor from near Seward. He comes up and his wife, and then he comes with his nephews. There was a total of uh, six of them were here. And they went back to Iowa and Nebraska with over 40 northerns and a bunch of walleyes besides.
0: Were they like frozen or something?
1: No, I don't like the people to freeze them. I like them to keep them cool. They're cleaned up. They put them in plastic bags, you know, and when they get home, they put them in freezers. But I don't like to freeze fish and then thaw them and freeze them again.
0: How long do a pike keep?
1: If you put them in the refrigerator, they'll keep for a long, long time. After you clean them, that is. You want to get the blood out of them. When you're cleaning them, you want to clean them right after you get them to store and drain the blood. Because in the blood is adrenaline, and that changes the taste of a fish if you... Just tie it up to a dock or something and go and have lunch and have a beer or so, you know.
0: I did not know that. In the pictures I saw, you used a lot of cane poles. Is that all you use?
1: No, but for Northerns, I like to do that. Because people can see the Northerns just before they hit the hook. People watch it, and sometimes the Northers will come up and just swipe at it, and the people get to see that. If you're using a rod and reel with a spoon way back there, people never see that.
0: What do you use on those cane poles?
1: I use daredevils, that type of spoon, yeah. I got a real big box of them, all different colors and sizes.
0: (laughs) I only have one, and one color and one size.
1: You come up here, you can have a choice of a (laughs) lot. The thing is, every day it could be different. Have people put on different colors. Somebody starts kitting a lot of them on that one color, then everybody can put on the same color.
0: Uh-huh. Just a question. Do they happen to have bass in Swan Lake?
1: Bass? Yes, they do. There's bass are all over this place.
0: Do you fish for them?
1: Not on purpose. I've caught some in the springtime before they spawned. I got four of one here for over seven pounds.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Do you take your guests ice fishing in the winter?
1: Yeah, if they want to go. My brother's even wimped out. He's five years younger than me. He's still in his 70s, but he's still younger than me. <laughs> but he doesn't like to go out in the wintertime anymore either. I like to, but this last year I got snow blind very easy. And my six-wheeler hasn't been running right, so I've only been out a couple times.
0: Who are your target guests for your betting catch?
1: I just wait for them to call me.
0: <laughs> I'll be calling soon.
1: If you got a pastor... Tell him about the bed and catch it. Tell him to get it on the computer, look it up. That's what it's for. I've had pastors all the way from Washington State to Texas to Illinois. Then I've had missionaries from Cambodia, Africa, and stuff that's been here.
0: Wow. You said your bed and catch was for pastors. My dad was a theology teacher. Is that an exception?
1: Because of you, I'm making the exception. <laughs> <laughs> God really put this on my heart in so many ways, and if you ever come up here, I would love to get you in a boat, and we could talk about this forever. I got testimonies after testimonies. My biggest testimony, I've been to church all my life, but I wasn't a Christian until after I got married. It wasn't a follower of Christ until Christ really hit my heart and got me to know what He's done for me. And I've had so many miracles happen to me. I was out fishing on this lake. I used to catch a lot of crappies, and I had some people coming over for lunch that day. And I went around this whole lake, and I never had a keeper. At that time, the limit was 15 crappies. And I said, "God, we only got maybe two to 300 feet to the shore." And I got up to this fellow's dock that I know, and I started casting there. I caught a few fish there. I took 15 casts, and I had 15 crappies. Wow! And that's God
0: do you have a favorite fishing story or experience
1: i've had so many you'd have to spend the afternoon with me
0: oh talk on
1: i've had had a northern on my hook that was so big i didn't see it all it broke my hundred pound test line
0: a hundred pound test yep was it mono or a braid the braid how's that is that possible
1: it did and i had steel on the end of it. You know, How is you know.
0: that even possible?
1: Uh, you come up here, we'll see it will happen to you.
0: Did it like break it or did the hook get bent?
1: It got by the boat and it just <laughs> twisted and twisted. And all I seen was a tail coming up out of the water. If you've ever seen a northern pike from the dorsal fin to the belly, it was at least a foot across there. And that's all I seen. Whoa. Yeah. After that, the DNR, they take a census. I found out that They have netted northerns over 100 pounds in this lake. People don't realize how big they are because most people are using mono, maybe 6 to 10 pound test at a max. And you get a northern that size, their teeth are so sharp, they just cut it, you know. They Mm -hmm. don't even know what they had on the other end.
0: My.
1: Those things can get up and they can swallow a muskrat or a duck and stuff, and then they go back down in the colder water and just digest it, you know.
0: So if I ever go up to that lake, I don't think the stuff I have will be enough. I got it all. Even a hundred pound braid?
1: Yeah, that's what I got on the cane poles. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: And those cane poles look stout.
1: They're fun. Do you have any
0: advice for me as a young fisherman?
1: Get out as much as you can and try everything you want to. There's nothing stupid when it comes to casting out for something. Stupid stuff catches fish all the time.
0: Can you give an example?
1: Well, like in the wintertime, I drilled two holes and I had two rods in. I got a minnow on it with a jig. And then another one, I got a piece of waxworm and a small jig. I catch more northerns on the waxworm than I catch on the minnow. In the summertime, I'll use different colored spoons, different styles of spoons. They all work at different times.
0: Are spoons your main deal? You don't usually use anything else unless it's like maybe a jig tipped with a crawler.
1: If you go after walleyes or something, they use night crawlers and stuff like that. But I'm not a walleye fisherman. That's kind of a boring fish to fish for, in my opinion. I like action, you know, so... And I, I love panfish, but then in the summertime, I don't use generally live bait. And once in a while, I've used angleworms and put a little piece on a jig. I like Mr. Twisters and feather jigs and stuff like that, small ones. I'll either just cast or troll or maybe even bobberfish at times for panfish, you know.
0: Here's some rapid fire questions. We should be quick.
1: Go for it. Raid or mono? To me, it doesn't make any difference.
0: Favorite fish to eat?
1: First off, northerns. Second, panfish, crappies and bluegills. I don't particularly like walleyes because there's no taste to them, unless you put something on it, some kind of sauce or something. And I don't like bluegills, and I don't really like perch.
0: What about your secret recipe?
1: I don't hand that out to nothing.
0: (laughs) Bank or boat?
1: I like fishing in a boat. I have fished on the bank in the springtime for panfish.
0: Favorite time of year to fish?
1: I like it all. I enjoy winter fishing, to be honest with you.
0: All right, time for our last question. If you could go anywhere in the world, what would your dream catch be?
1: I don't want to go anyplace but Itasca County in Minnesota. (laughs) I have looked at all this other stuff, and I wouldn't want to be there.
0: Well, that's a new one.
1: In fact, even in Minnesota, you've got big lakes like Big Winnie, and then you've got Lake Superior and stuff like that. I don't even like to fish on those. I enjoy God being with me when I'm fishing, okay? <laughs> I like to see what he's made out there. When I fish, I'm maybe 20 feet or so away from the shoreline. You see deer, and bear, muskrats, beaver, loons, you name it, you know. It's all out there. You could sneak up on them if you don't talk or whatever. they just stand there and look at you. As you go on a big water, you don't see nothing but water.
0: That sounds nice. Why should people come to Itasca County?
1: You got a thousand lakes. I haven't fished them all yet either.
0: <laughs> a thousand? Yeah. How many have you fished man?
1: I jokingly say I've fished 500. I don't know. Maybe more. I kiddingly say... I get them all finished, then God will take me home when I get them done.
0: Does the Mississippi River start in Itasca?
1: No, it doesn't, but it goes right through us. In fact, the water on this lake here goes down the Swan River, and it meets the Mississippi south of us here in Louis. So I tell people when, when they're here and we go down the river fishing, if they spit down there, they can go down to New Orleans and watch it where it goes down into the ocean.
0: That's awesome. How wide is the river where you live?
1: From the swamp to swamp, it's probably 50 feet.
0: The Mississippi River.
1: Oh, I, the Mississippi is, is a lot bigger there. Going through Grand Rapids, which is uh, it's about 15 miles south of us just here. It gets to be maybe 100 feet across. Wow. They used to have paddle boats many, many years ago. It used to come up the Mississippi all the way to Grand Rapids. Small ones, that is.
0: My grandparents live farther down the Mississippi River near Winona, Minnesota. The river is a bit wider by them. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Gary. It was fun talking with you today.
1: Yeah, same here. Back to you. I'm interested because you're that interested in fishing. That's why I want you to come up.
0: I would like to. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Catching Knowledge. I'd be super grateful if you left a rating or wrote a review. Maybe you'd even subscribe. Make sure to tell your friends. Another big thanks to Gary for coming on today. It was a lot of fun. See you next time on Catching Knowledge.